Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Maple Lion Podcast. This week, we are joined by Terry Whalen from the Terry Whalen Band. But before we just get into that, I need to introduce my new co-host. My good friend Brad Lucas has joined to be my new co-host of the show. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing good. How's everybody out there doing? Can't answer, I know. Okay, so this week we have Terry. Um, Terry is the front man for the Terry Whalen Band. Um, introduce yourself a little bit, like what you do and uh, your, your role in the band and some of the other guys that join you in your band. Yeah, well, Terry Whalen Band has been going since uh, 2007. Uh, before that, I was in a series of cover bands. and But right from the very beginning, uh, uh, every band I was in, I always wanted to do original music. And, you know... They humor me for a little while, and you know, but the heart was never in it. So at some at the end of '06, I had a New Year's gig. I said, "Guys, I'm done. I'm going to go do original music." And it's just something that from the time I started playing guitar back in high school, it was something that I always wanted. Even while I was learning to play guitar, I was writing original music. You know, but I wasn't very good at it, obviously. Um, but it it just always was in me to want to create original music so uh it was in cover bands and played in university variety shows and coffee houses and i was a little bit of a late starter in fact i didn't even start singing until i was 44 uh so eventually decided uh, someone had suggested if you're going to do original music you got to sing your own music so uh i had a, a sort of a mentor in that regard and so in 07 started terry whalen band uh, never in my wildest dreams that I think it was ever going to leave the Miramichi. Uh, so the first album did that. Ten months later, did a second album. And I got all this stuff in me. I want to get it out. Second album, decided to submit it for ECMAs. And it got nominated, along with uh, Keith Hallett and Matt Anderson. And uh, for 09, um, Matt Anderson won, of course, as he should have. And uh, But that was uh, the ball got rolling. And the next thing you know, we're being invited to festivals all through Atlantic Canada. So it just, it, it mushroomed or ballooned beyond anything I'd ever imagined. So, you know, then you start doing festivals and doing Dutch Mason Blues Festival and it was going, uh, Smoking Blues Fest and uh, Hansport down in Nova Scotia. Hansport is a wonderful little festival down there. Also, uh, Pembroke Blues Festival uh, down in Nova Scotia, Harvest Jazz and Blues, of course. We've been a regular attender there probably for 10 years. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's not my day job. I'm a, I'm a high school teacher by day. And, uh, you know, it pays the bills. And right now with COVID, I'm pretty happy it does that. Yeah, my, wife, my wife's a teacher and she's uh, it's going to be a strange time here doing the it, old teaching thing at the moment. It is. And one of the things that happened almost from the get-go, being uh, 44, I guess, or 43, I uh, was able to bring my son on board, and my son became my bass player. So he was in, like, in the 19, 18, 19 years old. So it's been really cool to be on this journey with my son. And my son is my bass player. Gone through an assortment of musicians through the years, as one would expect, different drummers, lead guitar players. I had Ian McClaws from the Halifax in the band for a while. Uh, uh, Jock Downs from Camelton, 
mostly it's a power trio right now. Uh, and it has been different times. We bring different people in. I love the collaborative process. So we've had a lot of different people come in and do things uh, with us. Um, in the process of working on a seventh album right now, uh, Terry Whalen and friends, I have a lot of guest artists, uh, mostly from the Atlantic Canada, but I have some other people, uh, Steve Mariner of Monkey Junk, and he also plays harmonica with Colin James. He's going to be playing on some stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep some of the names under my hat for, for now, but uh, uh, some big names. Uh, and all the, all the proceeds from this album are going to be going to uh, uh, SPCA, strong supporters of the of animal rights and whatnot, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that, I think that is a good introduction, I guess, maybe. It's Where a very, you very recording? Sorry, Brad? Where are you doing your recording? I'm, I'm doing it uh, here at my place. Uh, I'll send the stems out. I have a, a producer engineer, uh, used to be in PEI, uh, Paul Milner. Used to be Shell Lane Studios. Now it's uh, Trillium House. He moved to St. John, New Brunswick. Uh, and I'll send him the stems, he'll mix, master, and I can tweak anything that, you know, if I get a bad recording of something, then I can redo it or, you know, just to work on it. Uh, Paul is originally from England, but Paul is incredible. He's worked with, he's, he, he broke bad anarchy in between. He actually worked on with Keith Richards' uh, first solo album, Talk is Cheap. So uh, he's been around. He's worked with Queensryche and uh, uh Sash Jordan, a whole lot of different people. So I've been very lucky to uh, uh, have met him probably 10 or 12 years ago. So I'm, I'm lucky, lucky that way. And of course, with COVID, you know, and everyone's kind of working from home recording and, you know, you can send tracks, they can send tracks, you know, and so it's great that way. It's not the same as being in the studio with, your, with all the musicians at the same time, but uh, and it works, you know, like with Steve Mariner, he's in Toronto. He can send down harmonica tracks or guitar tracks and you know then you just put them together like a puzzle so uh you said that you brought your son on board um what what is the current makeup of the terry whalen band like who is in your band right now as you speak okay right now it's myself i i play uh guitar uh lead guitar guitar vocals my son plays bass uh we're uh, I'm in between drummers right now. Our last drummer, he get into border security and he gets shipped off to uh, Western Ontario. He's on the border between Ontario and Manitoba, U.S., of course. So uh, I've been using uh, Warren Beatty uh, the last time that we had live music. Warren Beatty is a drummer with Kendra Gale Band. So, you know, you're playing music and you know everybody. So there's always somebody you can bring in. Uh, you know, great musicians that come in and fill the void. But uh, we're actually working with a new drummer uh, right now, uh, Phil Sutherland, here in Memorshi, and I think it's going to work out. So we're going to have some time to, to get, you know, uh, a solid trio back together before things open up again, right? So it's, uh, yeah, that's, so, yeah, we're looking at a trio, back to a trio. Okay, I guess. a three-piece band then, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said you touched on the fact that you, you were, you've been nominated and you've won m multiple awards. Um, 
how was that how was that experience like you know you said you didn't expect your music to the reach that far and all of a sudden bang you've been hit with like uh nominations you've been hit with awards that uh, was it an overwhelming feeling or did you feel that once you you hit the ground running with the music you thought actually this is really good this this is really going to pick up some traction well it, it was totally surprising it was the first time we got nominated for an ecma I was shocked, you know, you submit your music and you figure just you do it for the experience, you know, and it might create some exposure. So, I mean, obviously getting nominated, next thing you know, you're going from playing in Miramichi to pretty much every blues festival in Atlanta, Canada, you know, and you, you know, the door opens and then what you do with that. So uh, that second album was the first time we, the first album, you know, it was a learning process, uh, as they all are, I guess. But uh, the second one certainly was more focused on being blues, rock and blues. Same thing with the third one. So uh, 11 months later, we had a third album. That was nominated. And then a year and a half later, we put out another one, and that got nominated. All three of them were nominated for ECMAs and also uh, Music Brunswick uh, nominations. And uh, the third one of those... Uh, won an award for music for Blues Album of the Year. Um, and I, th I think it was uh, 2011. I think we've got uh, two awards for Music to Brunswick for Blues blues Recording of the Year. I think one was 11 and one was 15. And uh, so, yeah, it opened up doors, you know, I mean, and create a lot of friendships. You know, I mean, I, I'm very honored to be able to call you know, the biggest names on the East Coast, friends, you know. Uh, and having had the chance to share the stage with Matt Anderson or Garrett Mason or Keith Hallett, Ross Nielsen, uh, you know, obviously most of that's in the blues uh, genre. But, I mean, we've been at uh, Larry, Larry, Larry Creek Hullabaloo in Perth Andover, which is Matt Anderson's hometown. And that's a uh, – it's not a blues festival. It's, it's all types of music. So I've – I played, uh, you know, we shared the stage with Ben Cla Kaplan and uh, the Melatones and Matt Minglewood. I mean, uh, you know, I've shared the stage with Sam Moon. I mean, these are people that I admired from my early years. I mean, uh, so going from being a music fan, all of a sudden now you're a peer. It's pretty, it is surreal. I mean, you have to almost pinch yourself that uh, you're now in it as opposed to watching it from the outside so it was surreal and it's still something that i'm very proud of and very humbled and uh i certainly re recognize how lucky i and we as a band have been to be able to to make that break or break through into that you know so it's pretty cool there, I, uh, that fact has not been lost on me at all ever find yourself getting starstruck you know what, I mean, it, that's, it's, it's a good question because you end up backstage at Dust Amazing Blues Festival and you get Delbert McClinton walking by you or whoever it might be, Johnny Lang or Robert Cray. Or, and you have to put yourself, you're not a fan back there. So you don't go running up to them and you got it, you know, you give them their space. And, but I've had the wonderful opportunity to sit down and, in the hospitality tent and have, have a very leisurely chat with the guys from the Georgia Satellites, or uh, uh, Jimmy D. Lane, whose whose father was uh, uh, Jimmy Rogers, the blues Jimmy Rogers, not the country Jimmy Rogers, and just hearing some of the road stories, it's just cool, you know that. 
you know, and you keep in touch with guys like Sean McCann of uh, Great Big C, who's a dog lover like I am. And so you make you make a connection that way, as opposed not necessarily the music, but the other things that that make you who you are. Sean is a you know loves animals, loves dogs, and you know I, we were doing a songwriter circle one time at Hullabaloo in in uh, Perth Andover. And one of the songs I did was about the loss of one of my dogs. And that's how we connected to the song, the song about dogs, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, when you start thinking about it, I remember we were backstage one time at Dutch and uh, John Oates from Hall and Oates walked by and you just nod and say hi, you know, I mean, that you have to be in a certain frame of mind when you're back there or you're sitting next to uh, James Cotton, you know, Miss, uh, Mr. Harp, you know, like Super Harp, you know, like you, it's just just take it in for what it is. Uh, that's the way, you know. As much as you you know, want to run up to somebody and you know ask for autographs or stuff like that, uh, no, it, it, I, that's just not. Yeah, they don't want that, and I don't. I don't want to do that. Do, yeah. do you? Do you get that now? But not necessarily. School, like there's no. Do you get that from fans and stuff? Do people see you in Mirror Machine well, you know, you and want an autograph? Yeah. You know what it is, you know, and it's when you first do that for the first time, you feel they should be asking somebody else, I guess. But uh, <laughs> what was interesting, the first time that we played Dutch Music Blues Festival was in 2010. So we were on earlier in the day, like three or four in the afternoon. So after our set, I, you walk out onto the festival grounds, go over by the birch tent and, in case there's somebody there wanting to buy a CD, maybe have it signed. And I remember this young guy, he must've been about 12 years old. He was with his mom and he come up and introduced himself and his mom was with him. And he was looking at me like I would look at Keith Richards, you know, <laughs> it was just, you could tell that he was really, like, couldn't believe that he was talking to a musician that had just been up on that stage. And, you know, I want to say that it's just me, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, so it is cool signing signing autographs and people recognizing you and and I always like to get out around the festival grounds if ever I can and just mingle with people. And uh, I have a show in New Brunswick on Rogers TV uh, called Miramichi Songwriters and it airs provincially. I've been doing that for six or seven years and I bring people in uh, from all over New Brunswick and share songs and some Q&A type of thing. And uh, I'm always, you know, there's always someone that say, hey, you're on, you're that guy on TV, you know, doing that show. So I guess I've been around long enough that if you do something long enough, you're going to get recognized for what it is that you're doing. So I guess I'm in that place a little bit, you know, so, but I'm doing something that I really love. So it's, it's such a joy. I mean, you know, it's, uh, there's no reason for it to ever go to my head or anything like that. You know, just do it for what it is. Enjoy it. And if, uh, you know, people are, you know, enjoying what you're doing, that's just icing on the cake, right? And the way I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Any other stories that uh, come off the top of your head about meeting someone or someone that was a legend that you've met, looked up to? Well, you know what? I mean, uh, like I, obviously known as a blues guy, but um, blues and rock, I'd rather really be known as a singer-songwriter because I, you know, I, I'm, you know, for the songs, you know, not every song I, I write is a blues song, but uh, meeting uh, Willie Nelson's son, Lucas, who's actually done quite well. He just did the, the remake of, um, 
What's, what was the movie that uh, Brad Cooper and uh, Lady Gaga were in? Oh, anyway. uh, yeah. Oh, that's going to bug me now. Remake. Yeah, uh, I know. I know. But anyway, so he was at Dutch Mason Blues Festival, and uh, my my son and I got our picture taken with him. He stood; he would have talked there for hours. It's such a nice guy, and that was kind of cool. I mean, here you're talking to Willie Nelson's son, you know, and I'm a big Willie fan. I mean, who isn't? I mean, the guy's an incredible songwriter, and uh, I've had the opportunity to meet uh, John Hyatt and Steve Earle. Both those are my two favorite songwriters on the planet. I've had the opportunity to meet both of those guys. And John Hyatt was, I just, uh, I couldn't even speak, you know? So, and, and, and what, and what happened? I had it all planned out, you know, John, I'm a huge fan of yours. You inspired me as a songwriter and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I happened to mention that I was a teacher and he just stopped dead in his track, put his hand and shook my hand and said, thank you so much for being a teacher. And after that, I'd never even told him my name and, <laughs> and you know he signed my CD, but he, he would have personalized it. But I told him who I was, but I couldn't get it out of my mouth. You know, it was just and uh, so he was really cool. Uh, John High was an incredible experience, as was Steve Earle, of course. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I I I, uh, I came across you because I've been to Harvest Jazz and Blues a few times, and I heard your name banded around. And so I, I went to Spotify and I was amazed to see that only one of your uh, CDs is on Spotify because if you go to your website, you see all of your back catalog. But if you go to Spotify, you have that one EP from 2014, Two Steps Forward. And I was just wondering, is there a reason yeah. why there's that only that one, that one EP available? Well, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if it's a good reason, but I just don't support the format because... The artist makes so little off the Spotify and iTunes, and that album is the only one that's on Spotify or iTunes. You know, there's just no, you know, I just don't think artists are being treated fairly. And that, that, that's the local artist, but I don't think Taylor Swift or anyone else is, is getting their just reward for the music. Music is so disposable, uh, sadly, uh, and I don't need it to, to make a living, you know. Uh, I would love to have the money coming in. Don't get me wrong, uh, you know, because it helps pay for the next album. But uh, I just can't support uh, the platform that is ripping off the artists the way they are. Uh, I, I, I've heard I don't I've, know that. I don't mean that to be a negative. Uh, yeah, I've heard that. I've that? heard that. I've heard that a bit about Spotify that they don't they don't treat artists. Um, all that great in terms of what they let them like the proceeds that they get from it. But the flip side is then like, if, if you are on Spotify, yeah. people can come across your music more freely. So, and then they, you know, from that, they can make a click to your website and see yeah. that you have albums available to buy. So sometimes, you know, I, I know that they should probably treat their artists better, but it is a good platform for getting your stuff out there. It is, you know, but if someone finds me on my website, you have a, a link uh, to Bandcamp. Uh, you can d download there. Or you can stream it for free. You can listen to all my music for free, and you can buy it if you want. Uh, but you're right. If it was on Spotify, on iTunes, uh, someone that someone in uh, Kansas City might find it by accident. You're right. There's no question about that. You know, I, so I would agree that, you know, maybe I've, I've dropped the ball in that regard. Um, 
maybe if my uh, aspirations, maybe I was if I was 25 and wanting to break and you know and try and make a living off off of music, I might be, it might I might think of it differently. I guess you know to me the music doesn't owe me anything. Like I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at with it. And I don't see myself breaking, you know, I don't see myself all of a sudden become uh, world, world famous or world known, I guess, for what I'm doing. Anything can happen. I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't enjoy that and be able to do a, a Canadian tour or a world tour. But, uh, you know, the, the realisticness of it is, you know, I'm a regional artist and uh, pretty much everybody in the region that knows who I am in some respects, I guess. So I've already done that. And then the nominations, ECMA nominations or music project nominations or uh, kicking around festivals around the East Coast have probably done that. Uh, but you're, you're, you know, you're absolutely right that, uh, Matt, uh, uh, you know, I, I could have done more and I could do more in that regard. But, uh, you know, I, this new album, I'd like to push it a little bit more because of all the guest artists that are going to be on it. Okay. So I will probably do something a little more with this one. Do you find you get touring out of the province often? I have up to the last, uh, probably the last year and a half. I haven't really, I've had so much here in, in New Brunswick that it's, it's, it's made me a, a, a little lazy, I guess. And, you know, you know, especially in the winter months, I mean, I don't want to be traveling four hours to Halifax. And, you know, you get bad roads. And so it's just so much easier to stick closer to home. But, uh, you know, the, you know, the last festival I think I did in Nova Scotia was probably Pembroke and then the Hansport uh, down in uh, Hansport uh, and uh, the other one is uh, Smoke and Blues Fest, which is in Windsor. And they've been there, well, they must be seven or eight years or maybe even longer now than that, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, we were all set in May. Uh, I was going down the Halifax Boxing Club. They do live shows there. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Uh, guys, you know, Christine, Christina uh, Campbell and has been there. Garrett Mason, of course. Um, we were scheduled to, to play a show there. Uh, I think it was May 9th. And, of course, with COVID, so everything's been put on hold. Um, again, with this new album, uh, whenever it's done, I mean, a lot of the, the bed tracks, it's just a matter of getting the guest artists to get their tracks back to me. Uh, I'm hoping before the end of the year, uh, definitely by uh, my goal is the end of October to have everything recorded and hopefully it will be able to be mixed and mastered and be out before the end of the year. So I'm hoping by December 31st, it's out and available. That's my goal. So, so if the world gets back to semi-normal 2021, we're going to see you on the road quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I look, I, I love, uh, getting out around. I love getting to Nova Scotia and PEI. Actually, the last show I did before COVID was a show I did in PEI. It was, uh, they do a blues matinee over there at the factory on a Saturday afternoon. And that was the last show that I did. So I'll, I'll definitely get out and go, you know, um, wherever the music, you know, calls me. Uh, so, but uh, I mean, I love Halifax. Halifax is a, there's a strong um, support for blues in Nova Scotia in general. Uh, I wouldn't say it's as strong in New Brunswick. You know, there's not a, 
is not a hotbed for blues for sure. It's certainly not in Miramichi, but uh, uh, anyway, I've, I've done very well. I mean, I average probably uh, 100 to 120 shows a year. Wow. Just nice. doing it. So, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of, I'm playing a lot, you know, nice. so, and I, I'm, and then last year I probably did 99% of my shows in New Brunswick. That's impressive you know, being, so, a being a teacher as well. Cause I know the workload of being a teacher yeah. is, is, is pretty nuts. Yeah. So to fit all that in, it's impressive. Um, so well, you, the thing, the thing, yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, so I was going to let you carry on. But anyway, I was going to say you've played Harvest Jazz and Blues a lot as well. And I, you, it, we've, I sent you a message about it and you said that how good it is. And we had Brent on the, uh, on the show last night. That episode will be dropping soon. Um, and uh, we were talking about how Harvest and Jazz and Blues is going to look this year in terms of um, because of COVID-19. So it's going to be like online and stuff. But as a festival and how it's grown in New Brunswick, um, what do you think Harvest Jazz and Blues has done for musicians in this province? Well, I mean, they're, they're very quick and very open to giving the home homegrown talents and not just Fredericton, but New Brunswick an opportunity to perform. So it's, and, and not only that, I mean, you're looking at any of the tents, you know, you're getting regional acts opening for international acts, you know, whether doesn't matter who it is, you know. I mean, the the list of uh, headliners at Harvest Jazz over since their beginning is is you know second to none. I mean, last year you had Robert Plant. Yeah, obviously. You know, uh, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, you know it's hard to top that. I mean, but it's an incredible festival. It's the biggest festival I would say this side of Ottawa. I mean, the Ottawa Jazz and Blues Festival probably is, tops it. But uh, you know, if you can bring in Robert Plant, I think he can handle anybody. You know, you 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 know whether they you know I'd love to see them bring Clapton because Clapton's still on my bucket list. So, but and I know Clapton's not doing a lot of traveling or playing anymore. But uh, you know, it's an incredible festival. Uh, I remember when it started. You know, and it started as a very small. There used to be a little bar downtown called the Loading Dock, and they had a, a tent put up outside of that, and it was very small. I was living in Fredericton at the time. And it has grown to be this humongous, and it's jazz, it's called the Harvest Jazz and Blues Festival. It really is a, a world music festival because you got all kinds of music there. It's just not jazz and blues anymore. I mean, you know, you got all kinds of music, and uh, yeah, we've been lucky. I mean, like everything else, you got to work your way in. We did the uh, CBC Galaxy Rising Star Showcase. I think that was '09, and then we did some busking for a couple of years. And uh, the next thing you know, we started getting, we got a tent show uh, where we uh, opened for uh, Hope Harpoon and the Axe Murderer and uh, I can't remember the other artists, but, and then, excuse me, now, uh, you know, our home for the last six years has been uh, the Lunar Rogue. There's a little bar, pub downtown, eatery, and uh, you know, we're there three nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. I might get out and do a, a small show somewhere else, maybe a, like a solo show on a Saturday afternoon somewhere down at the Capitol Complex or somewhere like that. But that's our home. Everyone that knows us knows they can come and see us there. Uh, we play from 9.30 to 1. And, uh, you know, you might come in and drop in for a set. Uh, there's no cover. And, you know, 
and any of my any of my musician friends that come through, and I'll we'll get them in, come up and sit in with us for a song or two, and it's just a really relaxed environment for us. You know, it's our home. You know, the Lunar Rogue is our home now, and it's just uh, everyone that you know fans are of ours, which which we do have, uh, know where they can find us, and uh, you know come in and. Uh, Saturday nights always hop and the place is jam-packed, but also Friday night. But Thursday night, you know, it's just comfortable for us. So it's just to be, you know, every September where you're going to be and be part of that festival. And where we start at 9 allows us to get out around and see some of the acts. Now, last year, it's funny, you know, I, I had planned on my, uh, during one of our intermissions between the sets to get down and see some of Robert Plant. And uh, of course, broke string, so I had to take my break to change the string. <laughs> so I didn't get a chance to run down to see any Robert Plant, you know. So, but anyway, that's the way it goes, you know. All right. Well, you've mentioned the new album. You're looking at October for that. Yes. Um, you're planning the tour with it. Uh, are there any uh, anybody else that you want to mention that's on it? Uh, let's see. Well, Jock Downs used to be in our band as a full-time member. He's going to play on it. Um, I have uh, uh, Travis Furlong used to be the Glamour Puss Blues Band. If you remember those guys, they were around for a long time. Travis is a good buddy. He's going to play on it. Of course, I mentioned Steve Mariner. Um, uh, I have another big name. I, I don't know. They've all agreed, but I don't know if I should. I, should, I know I you mentioned be. earlier you didn't want to mention. You know so what I mean? I'm poking. Um, uh, one of the bigger East Coast artists, uh, and they're all to me. They're just artists. You know what I mean? But uh, some some big names. I was pretty humble when they agreed to to do it. Look, everyone I asked said yes. You know, like nice. Keith Hallett said quickly. They all like say to me, music on the East Coast is a wonderful fraternity. And there is, it's, everyone gets along. Everyone supports each other. Uh, we're all friends. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just can't say enough about, you know, how I've been received, you know, by everybody. You know, it's just so amazing, the friendships that I've made. And, you know, you like to have friends that are like-minded and like the same things as you. Well, of course, my passion is music. And even though I'm a musician, you know what? I'm probably a fan first. You know, if I'm really being honest, because I mean, that came from when I was five years old, beating on pots and pans. I'm a fan of all these artists, and I'm just happened to be lucky enough to, to be a peer and be able to, to do it as well. But I'm a fan as much as I am a performer, the way I look at it. Um, it's been such a blast. And look, with COVID happening, obviously it puts everything into perspective and makes us realize what's important. But I've always said, even up to the, before COVID, you know, if it end, for some reason it ended for me, it doesn't owe me anything. You know, I've had a wonderful time, wonderful experience doing it. Uh, I hope it continues for years and years to come and I can meet more and more people and play with more and more people. Uh, but it doesn't owe me anything. You know, I, uh, uh, actually in May, I had, uh, during COVID, I had, um, I had to have emergency spinal fusion surgery and so I was laid up for a couple of months and I was in bad shape, you know, and, you know, like I was, the pain was unreal. And of course, 
anyway, it just puts things in perspective and you realize what's important. But I'm, look, I've made a good recovery. I'm able to perform again. And look, it couldn't happen probably at a better time because when I had the surgery, every festival I was going to be going to, I would have had to cancel. You know, so it couldn't have worked any better where I was on bed rest for six weeks. I would have everything I had scheduled would have been canceled. So silver lining, silver lining. You know, so yeah, absolutely. So, you know, COVID has been a terrible thing, but I'm hoping out of COVID, we all realize what's important. And I'm hoping people will get out and support live music when this is over. I know that some venues are doing limited capacity shows. I'm doing a show in two weeks here in in Miramichi. Uh, Garrett Mason's coming up and I'm going to be opening the show and they're doing a ticketed show. And of course, you know, a third capacity because of the situation. Yeah. And I'm just looking forward to doing that show. Garrett's a good friend and yeah, just music is food for the soul. Isn't it? So the the new album you said is is coming. Are you going to release singles first, or are you going straight to album release? I I I think I'll probably do uh, the song I did with Steve Mariner uh, is pretty much ready. I was going to as soon as Paul can get a chance to have that mastered, I'd like to drop that one as a single just to start to get the buzz. But uh, the whole album will go out. Uh, the album is called Too Much Pain. It's it's kind of, the title came before my back surgery. <laughs> it was actually the title of a song where I, we had lost one of our dogs. We're, we're dog people. We we, we lost, uh, we have Sharpays, Chinese Sharpay, the wrinkled dogs. That's the breed of choice that we have. And we had five and then we lost one in February. And we've lost them in the past. And it's, I cry like a little baby. It's just embarrassing. But uh and uh, so where this album is for SPCA, all the funds, you know, just, it just, you know, we have a soft spot for animals and animal rights and not just dogs, but I mean, that's what we have here. I have four elephants in the backyard if I could, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's just um, like, a, it's, I, I can't wait to have for this to come out and all the, all the guest artists, uh, the first, as soon as I, I mentioned the, the list of performers, uh, Brad and Matt, I'll, you'll be the first two that I'll let know who it is, oh. uh, who all is playing on it. So I will Thank get you. that out to you. And the, the release of the album, you'll get that right first thing. Uh, oh, thank you very much. I'll send you a digital copy before it's even released. Thanks, Terry. Yeah. I appreciate that. So, well, go on, Brad. No, you take it. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> so, we've ba- I think we've basically covered everything that we uh that that, that well, I wanted to go through because you've kind of hit on the challenges of COVID as well, which is so. Um, the one question we ask everyone every week on this show is, who is your perfect three man band? So, drummer, bassist, and a guitarist slash vocalist. Drummer, I would have to say uh, Kenny Arnett, who's played with everybody. Uh, bass player it had to be uh, Getty Lee. I'm a big Rush fan. Uh, you know Neil Parrott, obviously. Uh, you know I picked the whole Rush band, but uh, <laughs> but my favorite guitar player of all time is Eddie Van Halen. I started out as a huge Van Halen fan. It's how I became. It's how I found blues music. Believe it or not, 
Their first album had a blues song. It was a cover called Ice Cream Man. It's a Braun, John Brim song. And I remember saying, well, that's, so that led me down the rabbit hole. Van Halen led me down the blues rabbit hole. Did you learn to and play interesting, What's that? Did you learn to play Eruption? You know what? I spent two years in university trying to learn Eruption. I got the first half. <laughs> I never learned at all. But what's interesting, I'm such a huge Van Halen fan, but the, when our first album came out, it ended up in the local record store. And when I went down to see it sitting on the racks, it was sitting beside Van Halen because Waylon and Van Halen. And I never even took a picture. I don't know why, but I didn't take a picture. But here I, and that first album was the one that was out front, the Van Halen one album with Ice Cream Man. And Ice Cream Man is a song that I am known for. We do it at festivals. I do it at any of my local shows or live, you know, whether it's solo, duo, full band. I always pay homage to Van Halen for that introduction. So uh, Eddie Van Halen on guitar, Yeti Lee, and there's so many great drummers, but I think Kenny, uh, Kenny Arnott, uh, who's played with Mellencamp, and he, he is the studio rock drummer uh, that I listened to from probably from uh, high school on. And uh, he's an incredible drummer. And uh, any drummers out there would, you know, everyone's heard Kenny play drums because, you know, if you listen to a song on the radio, you've heard him play drums. So, yeah, that would be pretty, pretty cool. But I'd be just happy to sit down and noodle with Eddie for 10 minutes. So <laughs> that, would, that would be enough. That's you know, a pretty cool so. trio. And knowledge that man has. <laughs> a pretty eclectic uh, trio at that, you know. It is. So, but Brad, the, as, the, as this is your first show as well, um, you have to do it as well. Because me, me and Sam did this way back when we did our first show. Um, and everyone that is on here has to do it. So, Brad, what is your perfect three-man band? Can I say Rush? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Dave Grohl on drums. Uh, I don't know. Uh, guitar player uh, Zach Wild and uh, Axel on vocals. Oh, how's that sound? That sounds good. Back yeah. to Dave. Dave Grohl has reappeared. People, Dave Grohl alert. He was uh, for the first. I am a. I'm a huge. I'm a huge Dave Grohl fan. I've seen Foo Fighters in concert three times. Uh, to me, they're. This generation's Beatles. I know some people might uh, stab me with uh, uh, whatever for saying that, but I, I'm a huge Dave Kroll, uh, Foo Fighters fan. Uh, oh, and uh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, uh, I love the Foo Fighters. I love Queen of the Stone Age, where he was the drummer. And I love the Them Crooked Vultures, where he was also the drummer. Um, the reason I bring it up is because for the first three or four episodes, Dave Grohl was in everyone's band. It was just, he was a staple piece to the point where I was just going to be like, well, everyone can name two other people. We're just going to have Dave Grohl there every week. It's I know like... my son, that's, that's my son's favorite band is the Foo Fighters. If he was, Dave Grohl would definitely be either on guitar, vocals, or drums for sure. Yeah. With my son, for sure. Right. So uh, There's so many great musicians out there. You know, we've all been influenced and, and, you know, and inspired by so many, you know, it's almost hard to pick, you know, 
It is, especially being put on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Initiation, Brad. That's what that was. <laughs> no, I just I like putting it in there. I just think it. I think it stirs up cool conversation, and it really like there have been some really interesting trios that come up out of it. Anyway, we're coming towards the end of the show now. Um, and Terry, you sent us a track to play at the end of the podcast. You can just introduce it and we'll say something a little bit about it. And that that's that will be it. Uh, the track, I believe, is Workhorse. Yes, it was. And, you know, I mean, most of us go out there and we work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. We work our fingers to the bone, you know. And, and when the bills are paid, there's, most times there's not much money left. In fact, you're probably still in the, the red. And that's what this song is about. It's about uh, getting out there and, you know, being a workhorse. And then we all do that, you know, and it's, it's tough, you know, to keep your head above water. And uh, this is for the majority of the population. I mean, most of us, you know, you live paycheck to paycheck and uh, that's, you know, and I'm, an, I'm no different than anybody else, you know. So uh, to me, that's where this was coming from. I uh, did this album with Paul Miller, I had mentioned earlier, incredible producer. He, he took that album and just, ele- it's an EP, uh, but he elevated it. He's such a great producer. He, he got the best out of us that, that uh, trip in the studio. So to me, that's our strongest effort because of working with him. Um, so yeah, that's where that song comes from. So have a listen and enjoy. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Terry. It's been a pleasure. The pleasure's been all mine, Matt and Brad. Thank you so much. And uh, thank, you, sir. thank you, Brad, for being the co-host and being the co-host for the foreseeable future. It's nice to have you on board. Thanks. I look forward to this. It seems like it might be a fun time. <laughs> Here's the track, everyone, and goodbye. Johnson, where he sold your soul at the crossroads, at least that's the way the story goes, and McKinley Morgan Field, working his guitar, that old muddy water's electrified
when the time is right, come a day when you see the light. That's the way it goes. 